Okay, hi everyone, and uh, we've got this talk today about plant dietas, and uh, specifically uh, we're gonna discuss the concept of plant dietas in uh, traditions of Amazon and Andes, which is a pretty deep source. Uh, so, in many respects, the concept of dietas uh, uh, is the most elaborated uh, over there since it's the principal component of medicinal approach of Amazon people. So in this regard, uh, as I'm having my traditional education from there, uh, I'm going to elaborate mostly on that one, but definitely we're going to have some references to other schools of thought and practice just to highlight how widespread this approach is and um, for us the most important component uh, of uh, the concept of plant dietas is not the anthropological one but rather practical one specifically how we can apply it in our everyday life and uh, what we can learn from that and uh, how we can basically approach it pragmatically so what we are talking about is uh, plant dietas plant dietas are basically the uh, a colloquial description of medicinal practices related to using plants uh, to treat our uh, conditions, be it medicinal conditions like medical conditions or be it uh, psycho-emotional conditions. And plant dietas from the outside are just ascetic practices. And then uh, meaning as uh, once we're explaining ascetic practices, we usually mean uh, that uh, there are some limitations in what we should be doing or should not be doing once we approach that. So, however, it's just the external limitation or external conditions for this practice to happen. In the most inner sense, uh, we are talking about building a connection to a particular plant, which is then in turn uh, creating some benefits for us. So uh, most of us know about ceremonial process related to Amazonian traditions and uh, definitely most of us know, know the sacred plants uh, ceremonial application. In Andes, uh, the three most important sacred plants, uh, which are now widespread in the Western world as well, uh, are uh, related to either San Pedro, to Wachuma, to the cactus, which is, uh, again, stemming from the Andes. To coca, coca is definitely one of the strongest master plants, pretty much widespread in the most Andean traditions all around the Inca Empire, but as well beyond that, and as well ayahuasca. So ayahuasca being the, the brew made of uh, several components, but the principal ones are coapi and uh, chacruna. Uh, the uh, vine of coffee and the leaves of chacruna brewed together uh, create ayahuasca. And uh, as we know, particular component of ceremonies uh, is not just ingesting the plants themselves, but uh, rather uh, creating a particular container to make this a medicinal work. Uh, so uh, the practitioners, the guides uh, called curanderos in uh, shamanic traditions of uh, Amazon um, uh, usually uh, set up a particular ceremonial container by opening uh, this line of work and creating connection between the 
client, the guest, and uh, the plant itself. And there is a very deep uh, ontology of how this connection actually creates lasting effects on uh, someone's uh, body and speech and mind. However, uh, the ceremonies themselves uh, are indefinitely the only components of these traditions. And uh, uh, even more important uh, are the dietas of plants in general sense. And then by opening the topic of dietas, you should consider that the uh, traditional approach in most of the cultures involves using of hundreds, if not thousands, of different plants. While it becomes a little bit of an enigma and mystery of how actually it would be possible for uh, a tradition which doesn't even have uh, written recordings of whatever sorts uh, to create a safe environment to use uh, these thousands of medicinal plants to treat uh, all possible diseases, uh, uh, some of them still being uncurable for traditional Western pharmacology, some others uh, being definitely related to not just physical health, but rather communal health. And we all obviously understand that like, uh, if you're taking anxiety or depression or similar disorders, uh, they are not only physical disorders, but they have something to do with our mental condition and the condition of how we set up our life. So uh, whatever affects the quality of life usually has something to do with our recurrent patterns of our environment, of our society. So most of that uh, is pretty much the object of uh, how planned dietas are deployed. What exactly is a planned diet? Well, formally, uh, the process is uh, very straightforward and uh, in ceremonial context, connection with the plant is opened um, by chanting a particular song, a chant called Icaros, and uh, then the practitioner, after having some preparation, would uh, have a period of formal dieta, so-called formal dieta, which means uh, an ascetic practice, limiting intake of uh, all uh, disturbing foods like sugar and salt and uh, meats of different sorts and uh, dairy products and uh, some others, uh, spices specifically. So basically making the life as simple as possible, but as well, there are societal limitations that we limit our contact to the outside world by even not touching someone, the more stricter dietas, keeping ourselves in a sort of retreat, which implies that uh, most of these dietas are better held in a solitary environment by limiting ourselves like physically from the outside world. But uh, uh, it can as well be uh, done in, without uh, detaching completely from the default world by creating this solitary environment within ourselves, uh, by putting ourselves into a sort of uh, self-induced retreat. This or that way, uh, we've got this formal process of dieta, uh, which takes um, sometimes weeks, sometimes months. Um, for more serious practitioners, specifically for those who are intending to work with others, 
uh, traditional dieta might uh, might be even several years long, so that it establishes a more profound connection to the particular medicine. And once the formal period is completed, uh, there is usually uh, another ceremony involved to protect the connection with the plant and to create a safe environment to integrate the learning and the medicinal effect to the uh, everyday life. So from this perspective, uh, a plant diet is uh, actually never closed, but rather uh, established as a new means of communication between oneself and the outside world and the inside world as well. And one might ask whether has really what kind of meaning uh, is uh, behind the diet itself. Well, the traditional worldview of Amazon people, and not just them, but uh, uh, we've got a pretty unspoiled picture because these cultures were contacted late and uh, uh, still there are masters who are preserving this knowledge and uh, sharing this knowledge with uh, us Western practitioners. The approach here is to understand that uh, uh, we are, are not really detached from the nature. Unlike the medicinal approach widespread in the Western world, when we usually, once we feel uh, that something is off, we go to a doctor and we are prescribed a particular drug or medicine and we are taking it. To build by pill and uh, uh, restore our standard way of functioning. The approach of traditional healers is a completely different one. One is believed to be part of a larger whole. And uh, this larger whole, this larger entity, wouldn't just involve family, for example, or friends or societal circles but as well uh, the habitat we believe, the elements uh, which we are in contact with, being like simple elements like water and air and uh, sunshine and uh, trees, but as well in a deeper sense, the contact to everything present in nature. Most of what we see in the nature uh, can be seen, and we are used to that, Sort of, we can see the plant, or we can see a tree, or we can see grass, uh, or animals, or like whatever butterflies flying around. But again, uh, if you allow our intuition to uh, go deeper than that, we might observe that uh, most of the decisions we are making definitely starting with something else, not with the rational mind and not with uh, uh, our physical eyes or ears, but rather with intuition with uh, a certain gut feeling and uh, we know that there are remarkable examples of that like uh, Isaac Newton coming up with the gravity theory uh, after uh, anecdotally being hit by an apple falling from a tree which doesn't mean that he wouldn't think rationally about the gravity of course he did, but uh, it took him a little bit of deviation from rational ways of thinking to actually arrive at something that 
concluded his studies, his research. And we can obviously see this in many examples of our own life. We sometimes need to put our mind to rest, to open our senses more broadly and uh, vividly to start learning from subtler signals coming from the outside. Plan dietas are doing exactly that. So by uh, creating a level of subtlety and uh, a level of intuitive clarity, we start to learn how to be in contact with the more subtle voices that we usually aren't able to hear and uh, uh, creating a container of uh, sensory deprivation of a sorts uh, over a prolonged period of time, uh, we create secondary conditions for this intuition to develop and open up. For us living in cities, uh, it is definitely a very novel revelation because, again, usually our civilization does block us from uh, having the more subtle reactions to the outside world. And it's really easy to unlearn this habit. For someone who is living in the, in the jungle or in the nature, uh, the contact to the outside world of this subtler mode uh, is way more easy. And again, it's pretty easy to understand why the survival would depend upon being able to listen to uh, what's going on around. Say, if you're living in Amazon jungle, then uh, it's really hard to survive without keeping the senses open. And uh, uh, plants do exactly that. So they help us keep our senses open or develop our, um, develop our senses in this particular way, perhaps in the most natural way possible. So they create this environment of listening again and hearing again. Specific action of particular plants is uh, depending upon uh, their medicinal properties, of course, and uh, there are multiple dietas of multiple different plants which are prescribed by a qualified shamanic practitioner to someone who needs healing. Different plants definitely have different properties, but again, Thinking about these properties, we do not necessarily need to limit ourselves to just physical effects of the plant, although they might be very profound. Say, bobinsana, uh, which is one of the strongest healing plants known in Amazon and usually deployed in the other context, it has amazing properties in healing uh, uh, depressive disorders and uh, creating this very strong connection to the life force within ourselves, which is really hard to achieve otherwise. Uh, there are not many medications which do the same, creating a stable foundation for us to grow without any external support further on. Some other plants would have some other properties, like Chiriksenango is a great healer for joints and uh, uh, connective tissues and bones, and uh, still some other plants would uh, be extremely powerful in uh, treating blood disorders and inflammations, like stinging nettle, uh, which is uh, definitely not traditional Amazon plant, but again, very much known for anti-inflammatory and uh, blood healing properties. The difference is not in what we ingest here, but in the way we approach this. 
So for plant dieta approach, uh, it is very different from just ingesting plant concoction or uh, bills uh, as we are used in Western society. It is about establishing connection. So this is the main principle of plant dieta, which actually does the whole difference. We learn how to establish connection to a different being. And uh, within traditions of Amazon, and actually within many other traditions from Asia to Europe back in the days, to all Americas, to Pacific, pretty much to everywhere, uh, plants were understood as uh, living beings, as sentient beings. Again, quite contrary to the concept of uh, human intelligence as we learn about that in our textbooks and in our Western society. What type of intelligence is understood that plants have? It's not an intelligence of a separate living being. It's not like a particular shrub has brains. It's a completely different thing. It's rather a particular plant is a gateway of a realm of intelligence of a very unique sorts. And this realm of intelligence uh, has its own properties. And uh, uh, in a sense, holographically representing an aspect of the primordial knowledge and primordial wisdom. So from this perspective, building a connection to a plant within the context of dieta, firstly provides us with tapping into the healing properties of a particular plant, and some of these healing properties come from the from the constituents of the plant, uh, which can be even measured physically, like uh, some alkaloids of the plant or some elements which are nourishing us. But in a deeper sense, because and if we understand the plant as a gate into this broader realm of uh, knowledge and wisdom, uh, we are then able to learn how to navigate our way to study something which is not obvious uh, using our rational mind. And somehow there are similarities to most introspective approaches present in cultures all around the world. Because, say, uh, the benefits of uh, sitting meditation in Eastern cultures and Oriental cultures do not produce in a, a source of uh, rational intellectual information because we're just sitting. So we are not doing anything. We are being introspective. However, uh, by doing that, uh, we are somehow nurturing a more important realization of ourselves and our place in the world. The power of plants uh, deployed in uh, dieta fashion allows us to create a very strong connection to this inner understanding of this inner knowledge in a very specific and concrete way. Because uh, unlike introspective approach, when we do not have an anchor to this approach, or we do not have a teacher who we can trust in a plant medicine world, plant is very specific because it is the same plant as it was hundreds of years ago. And in some way, we have an unfalsifiable connection, or we can have an unfalsifiable connection to this aspect of knowledge, which is sort of the reason why we can discover 
that this or that plan has a particular aspect of realization of uh, inner potential through healing or through the means of uh, gaining wisdom. The further benefit of uh, working with plant dietas is that uh, they uh, create a very prolonged effect and uh, they do not only provide quick fix on uh, whatever we need to work on, but rather they allow us to relearn habitual patterns of our mind and our bodies and our lifestyle. It's very usual that uh, uh, dieting plans over several weeks or months would create changes in our lifestyle. We start approaching our, our eating habits differently, relearn mental habits uh, of how we ingest information, how we digest information. We relearn how to be connected to people around ourselves. And specifically, we relearn uh, uh, what nature is. So from a traditional perspective, healing and learning is uh, inseparable, is uh, just uh, a connection process. And then connecting to something means uh, both healing it within oneself and learning about something. So the uh, the others from this uh, perspective are a major tool in tapping into uh, a broader understanding of uh, the world around ourselves and within ourselves being an entity rather than a place of conflict. And again, the reason why we believe that our bodies are single boundaries is a culturally derived one. It's not an intrinsic understanding. If we consider that different cultures uh, have very different notions of, uh, of what our bodies are and what our selves are, we might discover that the idea of self and of where I start and where I finish is not something that happens to be the same within all the different cultures. Once we understand that, then it becomes obvious that uh, this is something that can be relearned given the right approach. That's why plant dietas can become not only our individual medicine, but as well uh, something that has importance to us as uh, society in general sense. If you consider that the idea of ecology doesn't only mean that we have to care about uh, some outside world, but as well implies that we have to renegotiate our relationships between what the outside world is and what our inside world is, then the idea of ecology can become something broader, can become something deeper, it can become something of inner importance. We could call it inner ecology, and uh, actually there are several great thinkers of the 20th century in the Western world uh, who came to the same idea, like Gregory Bateson, for example, like um, Varela and Maturana and several others who would be explaining this idea in more detail. But for us to approach this practically, uh, something specific needs to happen. And uh, be it meditation or be it working with plants, uh, this is one of the ways to do it. Obviously, for a plant dieta to happen, one needs 
to be introduced into this work. And uh, for that, we definitely need a qualified guide, a qualified practitioner who has got knowledge on uh, how to work with uh, uh, the ceremonial approach uh, on one end and with the process of uh, dealing with creating connection to the plant on the other end and specifically knowledgeable about the properties and uh, benefits and uh, dangers uh, working with a particular plant. So this is definitely indispensable and uh, we need to make sure that uh, if you're interested, then we find a qualified practitioner. I wouldn't say that this limits to a particular tribe or even a particular cultural realm of Amazon. Definitely the uh, understanding of connecting to the plants uh, is something at the very core of uh, many medicinal cultures. Uh, say in uh, traditional Chinese medicine or Tibetan medicine on, in Ayurveda, there is definitely a very strong understanding of uh, the hierarchy of medicinal worlds and uh, the ethics and approach of uh, connecting to the healing properties of the world. But as I said, I'm mostly focused on Amazon traditions within this explanation and uh, within dozens of tribes still existing now. Uh, there are qualified maestros and their apprentices who are uh, working exactly with this line of work. So what you should be expecting from Plan Dieta is, uh, in a nutshell, a new way of uh, understanding the world, and more specifically, a new way of understanding the conditions of what creates issues for us rewriting the concept of disease and suffering from mechanical worldview, physicalist worldview, when we think of ourselves as being a quasi-mechanical doll run by our brain and sometimes uh, being damaged by external forces and sometimes uh, being damaged internally and needing a mechanism to repair ourselves. From this concept, we can evolve into developing a more holistic understanding of uh, being in balance and being out of balance, of uh, us being rather a multitude of living beings living under one umbrella of our body and perhaps as well beyond and uh, in coexistence and uh, this coexistence might be peaceful or not peaceful and then we've got a process of realigning the whole habitat of our individual existence into something more coherent and uh, harmonious and specifically, what we learn is that we are definitely more than just our bodies and just our brains. So that this revelation allows us to approach our senses and our consciousness of senses from a deeper perspective and giving through this process more a better understanding of what our intuition is and uh, what our life force is and what it actually means to be alive. So 
Paradoxically, I'm mentioning evolving on personal level. However, the knowledge of uh, this evolution seems to be very traditional. And uh, this has to deal with our usual ignorance that uh, the Western civilization teaches itself being the pinnacle of evolution process as much as a human seems to be a pinnacle of evolutionary process of the animal world, then it's really hard to understand how to learn from more primitive civilizations, because then there is a concept of superiority of what our post-industrial civilization has to offer. But looking at the world around ourselves, we can observe that uh, even though technologically we have definitely created way more than any other civilization before us, at least of what we know. But from the human perspective, we do not seem to start being more mindful or or, uh, more harmonious or to suffer less. And uh, from this perspective, if we abandon the idea of total superiority and being the pinnacle of creation uh, within the Western civilization, and look at the things a little bit more broadly and in a more relaxed manner, then we have the chance to see that actually learning from a tradition can bring its own benefits by uh, dealing with the complexity of the outside world in a better fashion. Because again, once we are overwhelmed with the complexity of our environment, then definitely the more we live in this world, the more we observe this complexity and uh, it's pretty objective. But imagine the complexity of the jungle. Imagine the alignment process which uh, already happened within our evolutionary memory in the environment, uh, which is hundreds or even thousand times more dense than our traditional urban environment. So there is something to learn from so-called primitive traditions, which happen to be perhaps not that primitive once we approach them with respect and dignity and uh, openness. Uh, The other component to learning is that learning uh, within the context of plantiatus and within the uh, context of traditional knowledge is not limited to gathering and processing information. It's called remembrance in loose translation from many different languages. And remembrance means that the concept of self is understood as something that pretty much knows everything or has access to everything, but Partly, this access is obscured or blocked, somehow damaged in a particular fashion, which then creates uh, issues happening because of this ignorance and uh, in turn creates suffering on mental and then at some point of um, somatic level. So remembrance as a process is uh, a practice of tapping into the broader realm of knowledge. And uh, from this perspective, the way a planned dieta works is stilling the mind by creating the ascetic environment and by following a particular guideline of how to seed the connection with the dieta and develop this uh, further so that the obscurations 
are lifted and uh, more clarity is being established in our system. And by doing that, we sort of clean the filter of connection between ourselves and the world. And this in turn creates a possibility, a potential of uh, gaining knowledge by remembering what is already there through a more transparent and clean lens of our awareness. So from this perspective, the approach of Plan Dietas does employ an external factor of the plant itself and of ceremony to open and to complete the formal process of dieta, but as well it has an internal component of uh, triggering, switching on the awareness in a new manner, in a manner which is not only constrained by intellectual capacity, but rather becomes a very live and adjustable and flexible tool of self-exploration. And this is what we are learning through the process of plan dietas. And uh, by doing that, it pretty much always involves uh, developing a more open-minded approach to what is outside and what is inside. So in a sense, the healing process becomes not a process of cleaning, However, this is involved quite usually. The sensation, even physical sensation of cleaning is involved very often in this process. But rather, the more important process is relaxing and opening up the senses to be able to develop more subtlety in the way we communicate between outside and inside. And once this happens within this process of growing, of the seed of the yeta inside ourselves, we then are able to, by becoming aware of that, we are able then to protect this connection, which is basically what is characterized by the process of formal completing the dieta. And once we are there, we start to develop our interface between the inner world and the outside world in a new fashion, not as a boundary, as a border that needs to be protected and which needs to dispel all outside influences, but rather as a membrane, as a constant inflow and outflow of all different factors of our existence, be it information, be it nutrition, be it uh, emotions, be it energy in the way we can uh, we can approach that creating the awareness of this membrane uh, becomes a tool to create a new interface between ourselves and the life in general sense. So in short, this is the process of the dieta and uh, uh, there are definitely uh, many different plants in Amazon traditions. The plants that are used are usually the ones which grow there and maestros who have collected uh, decades of knowledge about these plants and uh, of course, I uh, have a deeper contact uh, to the particular realms of the plants, but it doesn't mean that other plants cannot be dieted. They can be, and they are. We've got evidence uh, that uh, in European cultures uh, in, from ancient time, times onwards, there was this reverence and uh, apprenticeship of different plants. And even us knowing that we often do not know how the plants were approached, but 
uh, because we've got this living container of data from the Amazon tradition. And we can uh, little by little uh, develop an understanding of how to work with European plants as well or with any other plants as well uh, by using the same principles of creating connection and learning. This is it in a nutshell. I think it serves well as an introductory explanation of plant dietas and uh, we're going to continue in our series about uh, particular dietas and subtleties of ceremonial work around that.